Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on parts casters with Barber. Have you ever owned a guitar that you loved but wished were a little different? Maybe you wanted a guitar you couldn't necessarily afford. It could be that you have a particular want, but the guitar doesn't exist. If any of these sound like you, then you are probably in the market for a parts caster. But what is a parts caster? Are there any iconic players who use them? What have we owned and why? Does a parts caster have to come from a Fender guitar? Do they make them in lefty? At what point does a guitar go from modded to being called a parts caster? And how much should you spend? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Barber on the Tweed Couch. Yes, it is so good to be here again talking with my man Barber, but this time about something that is interesting. And honestly, Jason is probably going to be jealous because he loves parts casters. And so maybe I'll have to do one with him too. But I'm glad to be talking about this with my Southpaw friend. Love it. Barber. Hey, how's it going, man? Man, it's going great. It's going great. I I was racking my brain thinking, what could we talk about today? And all of a sudden, I looked over in the corner and I went, parts casters. Doesn't he have like a pink telly or something I like do indeed. i could talk about this yes uh, so here's here's the question i i'm glad that i'm on the couch with the therapist what is a parts caster exactly so you're gonna start with a question on me it, instead yeah. of me starting with a question on you yeah you know i just i think that i think i need to be educated i think i know but i think it's like a, you know it when you see it sort of thing but also just yeah enlighten me exactly what is a parts caster even to you what's a parts caster Okay, all right. Maybe I'm the one on the couch right now. I get this. Okay, so for me, when I look at what is a parts caster, you know, I look at, yeah, there's got to be parts to it. There's, it's got to be a bolt-on neck. It's got to have different things that are fendery on it. You know, like, for example, I look at Clapton's Blackie. Mm. You know, he bought six guitars, and they ranged from, like, 1956 to 57, and he made Blackie out of that. That's a parts caster. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all Fender parts, but it it's a parts caster. You know, SRV, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, he had his, it had like a, a 62 body. It had a 63 neck. It had 59 pickups in it. <laughs> it was a hodgepodge, but it's all Fender stuff. Yeah. That's a parts caster. But everyone will also say that Van Halen's Frankenstrat is a parts caster, but yet there are no fender parts on that thing. Mm. So for me, and this, this is a strong opinion. This is also an interesting thought. I think that anyone who creates some sort of an S style guitar or a T style guitar is essentially making a parts caster. So it doesn't even have to have fender stuff on it. It's just the act of Frankensteining stuff together so that includes sir dano caster oh. ltd esp friedman charvel and dare i say it 
PRS. Oh snap! I oh that is an interesting interesting proposition that I don't think I can disagree with you on it. I, I yeah, it's tough, right? Because mm-hmm. you really start thinking about it, and you're like, well, parts casters are essentially tribute guitars yeah. that may or may not have Fender parts on it, but they do look like Fender guitars. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So I think maybe in the beginning, when the name was first coined, Partscaster, it probably, it was just a Telecaster or Stratocaster body. Yes. You know, but yeah, like we gotta, we gotta expand the palette and yeah, I I think I'm on board with this. I, I didn't know how I was going to respond for a second because it sounded a little heretical, but I think that I'm on board. I'm on board. Now, this is something to add to this question. Would you call a Jazzmaster or a Jaguar that was parted together a parts caster? I think I would. I would too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have caster at the end, but I just to me that should. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What do you think a parts caster is? I, I was gonna say it's a it is a guitar that was uh, like I get Frankensteined or put together um, from various different guitars or kind of the own your own, you know, individual parts, not from one particular brand that you sort of do on your own or have done with assistance. Like, I think that to me, it's like there's a, a an ounce of creativity in there that's not just going to the local guitar store and buying something off the rack. Yeah, no, yeah, actually that, I would agree 100% with that as well. Mm. So here we are on the couch and we're in a lot of agreement but here's an interesting thought as well. We talk about parts casters and we just define that S style guitars, T style guitars, J style guitars, offsets mm-hmm. yeah. are all considered kind of that something caster, a parts caster mm-hmm. type of thing. Interesting thought. Why do you think there aren't more set neck guitars as some sort of a caster, like a parts Paul caster or something, oh. or no, I guess you can't have a caster with that. I guess it'd be like a parts Paul. Yeah, it doesn't. Or it doesn't like a, sound as catchy. That's the first reason. Second, uh-huh. I think because part of it, like, like the the being able to customize what neck you want and being able to oh, put that true. onto a body, like, yeah, I think that. And also, that's true. I've always <laughs> had this. And I don't know where this came from, but I've always thought that, like, we'll just talk about Fender and Gibson for a second and then think about the things that are like Fender and the things that are like, like, brands that are like Gibson. Like, yeah, Gibson guitars are always meant to look, for me, more pristine, more, like, Mm. buttoned up. But then, like, the Fender guitars, I love the distressed look. I I have a Stratocaster that is mangled, and I would hate that on, like, a Les Paul. That just wouldn't look right to me. And there's just well, some, there's something in our lexicon or our experience that that to me I think goes into it too. And I would agree in the sense that when I think of a parts caster, oftentimes I think of a relic or something that's really industrial. Yeah, yeah. Somebody made it in their barn or their basement. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I know I added in like Sir and Charvel and that kind of stuff, which those do not look like they were made in a basement. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, it. I, I like a point that you made that it's harder to deal with the set neck because of different neck combinations or different, you know, body styles or colors or yeah, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense. Like, for example, 
I love a firebird. Mm. But a firebird is not just neck through. I mean, it's like body. It's like neck in body, one in the same. Yeah. Like you couldn't make like an enfuego bird, mm. you know, fake firebird thing. And it, it not just be a firebird. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You can't customize it. Like a Telecaster with a Stratocaster uh, headstock. That to me invokes the parts caster, but you can't really do that. Right with a neck through instrument. So I think, I think that's, yeah, that would be difficult. Yeah. And it will. And actually that brings up, uh, you know, if we're talking about the big three Fender Gibson PRS, yeah. Then the reason why PRS doesn't have a whole lot of like imitation style things is because they're too grandiose. Yeah. And so you can't go make up pr for less <laughs> type of thing because it would just look cheap i mean yeah. well, honestly that's what the se is yeah so yeah. it makes it too difficult to do that mm-hmm. so that also then brings up you said something about people putting something together because it's just easier to do it or options weren't there or whatever mm-hmm. that brings up why do you think that parts casters are even a thing I think there's a couple of different reasons. One, boredom and people just like to tinker. I think that's probably how it started. Yeah, or, engineer. Or, or somebody was looking for something that they couldn't find, so they went out to create it. Or it's all they could afford to kind of scrounge up different parts of an instrument and sort of put it together and mash it together. I think that's probably, I would imagine, if I were to guess, the first podcaster ever was just because that's all they had, so they put it together. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I would say. I I completely agree with you because when I think about any of the parts casters I've ever had, it was either because it had options that I couldn't just go buy in a store yeah, or it was that I couldn't afford the real deal. And so I made something else or I put something else that was similar to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to Van Halen, I mean, the whole reason why he made the Frankenstrat was simply because he couldn't really afford the things he wanted and didn't have the options he wanted. And so he put in just a humbucker and he Mm -hmm. put in a Floyd Rose and he painted it the way he painted it because that's what he had available. And, you know, I think there's a lot to not having the things available and then not being able to afford the real deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I can relate to that. Not so much on the affording side of things, because I can save and I can buy things, but uh, finding the instrument that I like being a Southpaw, a left-handed musician, is also difficult too. So like there have been yeah. times when I, I wanted, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, I wanted desperately a Le Cabernita Telecaster. Couldn't find a really a right-handed one, but couldn't find a left-handed one, so I had to go and make one. Well, I, I had a friend do, I would say the heavy lifting, but he really did all the lifting, and I was just there in the room sometimes. You were a conductor. They were doing the practice. You were making sure everything was on time. Exactly, yeah. Which actually probably brings us to the next part of this, which would be... What parts casters have you actually owned? And really, what kind of led you to them or Mm. deciding on them? I think I can say that I've had three that I can think of or I can remember. The most recent one being the La Cabernita. I kind of explained that succinctly. Another one would actually be my original 
electric guitar, the first one I ever bought, I liked so much, but I was like in my early, like I was, I think I was 17 and I was like, I don't want to buy a new guitar, but like, what can I do different? So I started changing out the pickups. I put a series switch in it and literally drilled a hole through the pick guard and put just a, you know, a toggle switch in it. In hindsight now, if I could redo it, maybe I would have done like a pop-up. Yeah, a push-pull. Yeah, push-pull, yeah. But I think that random little switch sticking out of it, like now I can officially say this is a parts caster. Those aren't the original yeah. pickups. That's not the original circuitry. And I've done some other things to it. I I changed out the neck once, didn't like the neck that I had, and put the original one back on. Like, that's a parts caster. So that's my other one. You know... And then, I'm glad that you brought this up because that actually brings up a point that I have that I feel like most parts casters are either a donor guitar mm-hmm. or something made from scratch. Yes. And so what you just described was a donor guitar. It's something mm-hmm. that you looked at it and you went, you know what? I don't have these options or I can't afford those options. Mm-hmm. So I just modified what I had. Yes. Yeah. So do you have any other donor guitars that you... I had one for about two years. I might have talked about it in the Lefties podcast, but it was a right-handed Squire Strat that a friend had that the electronics were, like, just destroyed. Like, he had just left it out. It was, like, hanging on his wall. Everything else was... um, And I bought a pickguard because the pickguard was slightly messed up. And for some reason... I bought the wrong pickguard, and it was one that had, uh, instead of a three-way switch, like three separate spaces for, I don't know how, where, like where I found this, but three sp- separate spaces for like uh, just toggle switches. So I put, instead of a five-way switch, just a pickup selector, like an on and off for each pickup. So I could just turn off and on each pickup that I wanted to, just because Uh-oh. that's what I that's what I had. That's had, really cool. Yeah. He, it's kind of like Brian May, right? Yeah, it's exactly. like a turn on and off, or maybe even like a Jaguar yeah. has something similar to that. But it was it was more of just that's what I had, and that's what I was working with, and, and we went with it. And yeah, so I had that for about two years, and then the friend that I borrowed it from wanted it back, and I was like, well, that's fine. And then I gave it back away. So those are the three. What about you? Have you how many have you had? What have you? Do you still have them? Did you get rid of them? You know, I've done a number of different like parts caster style guitars. My very first guitar I ever owned was a 1994 made in Mexico blue Strat. And if you have ever seen made in Mexico blue guitars, then you know exactly what color I'm talking about from 1994. And it was cool. And because I could, I mean, this is actually one of the things that is great about a Fender guitar is it was designed to be tinkered with. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you have somebody who is not a musician making things. (laughs) You have someone who's an engineer, an electronics guy who decided I'm going to make something for musicians, but I don't want to make anything too permanent. Yeah. And so, so, you know, you get to change the neck, you get to change the electronics, you get to change lots of things. Mm-hmm. And to me, messing with that guitar was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I found out what to do and what not to do. When I was getting ready to graduate from high school, my brother Paul, bingo, hmm. he ended up giving me his 1991 American neck mm. for his Strat. 
and it put right on there without an issue. It bolted in, no problems. I just remember thinking, I cannot believe that this actually fits. Mm. Like, what's going on, you know? And meanwhile, he took the neck off of mine, put it on a different guitar, and then took the neck from that guitar and then put it onto his. (laughs) And it's one of those things that's like, okay, so this is a thing. And that really jump-started things to where all of a sudden, now I've got this neck from an American guitar. I've got new pots. I've got Texas special pickups. Mm. I started doing all these things and I went, I think this is a parts guitar. Mm -hmm. Like I really do. And it started to beg this idea in my head, which is when is a parts guitar or a parts caster, not just considered a hot rodded guitar or a modded guitar. Mm. And I realized it's when a major part other than the electronics is fixed. Maybe I should say electronics and like little things like a pick guard is like fixed or mixed or changed Mm -hmm. because you change a neck. Yeah. That's no longer a modded or a hot rodded guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You change a body. (laughs) That's no longer a modded or a hot rodded guitar. That's a, Mm. that's different. It's not a hot rodded guitar. So that's one that I had. Another one that I used as kind of like a donor is the main touring guitar that I used to use with Lynn Stone King was a Squire Classic Vibe Custom. And I loved the body. I loved that it was sunburst. It was like a three-tone sunburst. It had double binding and fantastic, but the neck was super thin. And one day I went, you know, maybe I could put a C-neck on this. And I found a Fender Deluxe Mexican flamed maple neck with a Mm. rosewood board. And I stuck that thing on it and I went, ooh, now that's that's a good looking guitar. And and I really like it. I still really like it. It's a cool guitar. Uh, I had already changed out the pickups as well as the electronics, the pots and the switch. I tell you what, it's a player. I'm much happier with it now. And honestly, the amount of money that I'm into it on is not that much money in comparison to what you would get for like maybe a Mexican yeah. Stratocaster or Telecaster or whatever. Yeah, but those are those are my donor guitars. What now? What can I ask? What was the body material for that Telecaster? I believe they used alder for that one. Yeah, Could be so wrong. That's what the player strat, the Mexican player strats, I think, are made out of too. Yeah, so. and. The finish is also that normal, like, polyester, whatever they use, yeah. which, I, you know, I, I do want it to get a little beat up because mm-hmm. I'm using it. Yeah. It's it's part of the fun of a parts caster, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. is that you made something that you're going to play and you're going to enjoy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was in pretty pristine condition, so to play the crud out of it and show your wear and show your marks is pretty cool. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they used for it. But... As far as from scratch, I will say making something from scratch is far more difficult Mm -hmm. than it is taking something that's a donor guitar. Yeah, it is. Like when Clapton made Blackie, he took six Mm. different guitars and went, ooh, I like that neck. Ooh, I like the way these tuners move. Ooh, I like those pickups. Ooh, that body. Ooh, that pick guard. Ooh, that whatever. And went, man, now that's some mojo. 
and went, this is a guitar that I can vibe with. But with a guitar from scratch, you're really looking at going, well, what material of a body do I want? Mm-hmm. What pickguard color? What color of the finish? What kind of finish? Which type of bridge do I want to use? Mm-hmm. What electronics am I going to use? Am I going to get this kind of a neck? What shape is that neck? Is it flamed? Or Well, maybe it's just all maple. Well, maybe I'm going to just do something different that's made out of paper. I don't know. <laughs> but all of these things, am I going to do a traditional headstock? Or am I going to do something different or reversed or yeah. gigantic or whatever you're going to do? And all of those things make it really hard. And so what I did was I did that option that we talked about where... I decided I could never afford a 63 Stratocaster. Understandable. Never could afford it. I'm going to be honest. Even if I won the lottery, I probably would not go spend it on a 63 Stratocaster. But I could make a 63 Stratocaster, kind of, (laughs) with a few little appointments that I would prefer. Yeah. But it looks like a 63 and so I actually had MJT take a body. And actually, I should be a little more clear. Jason actually had MJT take the body and do its thing. Hmm. He bought the body, did all the things to it. He actually chose Lawler Blondes as the pickups. He chose the wiring configuration. And then he had a neck that he had already had made. And I ended up finding a way to like take that from him. <laughs> but he wanted the neck. Mm. So now all of a sudden I had to choose what kind of neck am I going to put on this? And picking the type of neck shape. Am I going to do quarter sawn? Am I going to do a maple? Am I going to do it flamed? Am I going to put a rosewood on it? Am I going to use clay dots do i want to put abalone Mm. what kind of logo is going to be on very overwhelming isn't it oh my gosh so yeah and that's what i ended up doing i ended up making it look like a 63 strat and i've had two different people old timers who own vintage instruments go where did you get that thing and i said Mm -hmm. i made it or had it made let's be honest and they looked at it and they were like dang now that's good that's impressive that's That's real good And actually, that brought up a whole conversation with them, which actually we should have that conversation too, which is if you could make a parts caster and you could make anything you wanted, what would you have done? Well, I can tell you one right now off the top of my head because it's already something I'm in the beginning parts of putting together, which is I really want a deluxe Telecaster. Ooh. Yeah. like and Two wide range pickups? Yep. Um, wow. and, and with the with the big like vintage you know Stratocaster headstock like I want it like a true like the Chris Shiflet guitar like he always plays one of those like that yes. I want it in green I don't know why I just I don't own a green guitar like, like a Sherwood green a forest green a, yeah. a, a seafoam green what are you looking at like a like a, a forest green but maybe a little bit brighter with I okay. can't I haven't decided on the pick like emerald. Yet. No, yeah, closer to that. Okay. Like a like an evergreen tree. So like that okay. deep yeah, that's so that's just what I've I've always wanted one of those. I also love uh, there's something for me about the pickup selector knob up at the top of the guitar opposed to the bottom. That's just Oh, like a Les Paul? 
Yeah, like I like that. I just uh, I've enjoyed that, and I enjoy the location of it. So that's going to be just yeah. So that's probably my next like project that within the next year I'll probably have done or do or that's like the one. Yeah, off the top of my head, that's definitely something I want to do. And then I'm sure if I were to think for a minute about like something ridiculous, like I could definitely think of that. But what about you? We'll go with you first. Well, okay, so, you know, I'm I'm all about ridiculous uh, when it comes to these things. So for me, I have two guitars that if I were to do a parts caster, I don't know which one I would do first. But if I had two that I could do, there is something about an offset that is missing in my life. Like, I've had Jazzmasters, I've had Jaguars... I would like to have a Firebird, and these are all Offset-style guitars. So, Because, for the record, Offset is not just a Fender thing. Because mm-hmm. most people, when you hear Offset, they go, oh, so you're talking about a Jazzmaster or Jaguar. No, there's lots of Offsets out there. And one would be the Firebird, another would be the Explorer. Technically, that's an Offset, in my opinion. Okay? So, with that said, I'd love to do an Offset. And if I mm-hmm. did... I would do a relic. I know that's that's controversial. Maybe we should have a podcast about relics, but relic red sparkle. Mm. Yes. And then and then I would put a flame maple neck on it. I'd have it like maybe like a dark streaky rosewood or ebony fretboard. Hmm. You know, you know you know what I mean by streaky? It's like dark yeah. and light browns and yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'd do the chrome hardware, and I'd put a mastery bridge and trim on it, and man, it'd be super cool. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, this type of relic, it would be really light. Mm-hmm. Like, the only reason why it would be considered a relic is because I'd want to have, like, a white, like, primer coat underneath it. Mm-hmm. So that as it starts to chip, or as it starts to fade, it's, like, white underneath that's cool. I I do like that. That's becoming a popular relicking thing. I was looking at Fender's website with their relic yeah. series or whatever and it's the it used to be like a sunburst guitar under and then they just painted it and then you can start yeah. to see the sunburst coming through. Yeah, I do like that. I've always wanted to a parts caster for like a heavy relic guitar. Like my yeah. my strat is kind of close to that, but like I yeah. love I lo- like like John Mayer's black one. That just like oh, is yeah. just completely just in shambles. That would be really cool. That would yeah. be a fun thing to do. And, and see, I would agree with you on that in the sense that I like a heavy relic guitar, but I don't like a heavy relic guitar that's fake. Mm-hmm. I like a heavy relic guitar that maybe started relic, maybe it wasn't relic at all. But then it turned that way because you yeah. played the crap out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay with some starting. Because yeah. in starting it, you actually gain a lot of mojo, mm-hmm. a lot of feel, and honestly, a lot of the relic guitars they just they just feel played in. They yeah. feel good to use. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like that whole relic job, I want something that is lightly reliced, mm-hmm. and then I want to do the rest. Yeah, I like them. Now, the second one that I had on my list is actually a Telecaster. Because keep in mind, I have a Strat. I have an MJT Strat that I had look like a 63, so I don't need that yeah. one. 
So if I were to do another like parts caster, I would do a double bound 72 custom. Nice. Okay, so it's double bound binding on both sides. Mm-hmm. It's a 72 custom only in the sense that it has the wide range pickup at the front mm. and the normal telecaster bridge in the back. Yeah. It's got the whole telecaster bridge plate. That whole thing is still going on, but the selector switch is up at the top. I love like I said I love that selector. Yes, cuz <laughs> that like selector switch at the top where Les Paul is, like there's lots of times that I'm playing in the middle position or the neck position doing something and then I want to just flick it down and go mm. soaring lead and then pop it back up to the top to mellow it back up and then lead into something else. Exactly. That's yeah, I that's what love I love that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And so that's where I'm looking, but if I'm really going all out, then I'm probably going to also find a way to not cover up so much of the finish because the mm. finish that I want, because keep in mind, it's double bound. I want it to be black, mm. but I'm not a huge fan of black. Me neither. So what I want is double bound black, but it's wearing away to where you can see the pink paisley underneath. That's incredible. I love that. I know. On, as a side note, I have a one black guitar rule. I don't know why I have this rule, but my Firebird is black, so I can't own another black guitar. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what why. If it's acoustic. Can you do an acoustic black? I don't love the, a black acoustic guitars. I just I don't. I, me neither. It shows too yeah. many fingerprints. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I don't know why. I think to me, as a younger person, when I was looking at guitars. When I'd go into a guitar store, there would always be a left-handed black Stratocaster. And I'd be yep. like, what? I don't want that. So I think that's part it's of it. It's either black or white, man. Yeah, exactly. So you get. Or red. Red's become the new black yeah. with, yeah, which is whatever. Well, it's the oppression of the left-hander. It really <laughs> is. And we're going to rise up one day and take over the world. Rise up! Uh, <laughs> you can be an honorary Southpaw because you've been uh, so nice to me over the years. But uh, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, you know, I, I do what I can. But yeah, but I yeah. I well, love I love that. I like that, that it's a... It's something I haven't thought about. A parts caster, but I'm going for a very specific thing. Because I think for me, initially, like a parts caster is just like, let's just put the whatever parts we have to put it together. But I think it really has evolved into, no, I'm making the thing I want. Um, I want this and I'm going to get it. Well, and that brings up a really interesting point that someone who makes a parts caster based off of a donor guitar is Mm -hmm. making something out of necessity. But I feel like someone who makes a parts caster from scratch is really making their own signature guitar. As someone who's done both, I 100% agree. Like the parts caster previous, the donor guitar, it was out of necessity. The new guitar, that was you know done because I wanted something and I was going to get exactly what I wanted. And isn't that also interesting? Because PRS, they'll make you a <laughs> signature guitar. It's yeah. called private stock and it's going to cost you $18,000. You could have Gibson, they'll make you your own signature guitar, but it's going to cost yeah. you like 12, $15,000. Fender, 
they'll make yeah. you your own signature guitar and that custom shop mm. is going to end up charging you about $8,000. Mm. But ultimately, if you're like, I want Sherwood Green yeah. and I want it to be a Stratocaster and I want gold anodized mm. and I want to have a flame maple neck and I want to have the rosewood fretboard, but I want green abalone inlay to where it's like not green, but it has shades of green yeah. in all of the dots. And I want that Fender Stratocaster headstock look, but I wanted to have like a green Fender logo on it. And I mm-hmm. want gold hardware. And now all of a sudden I've described a Packers Stratocaster, <laughs> but <laughs> go green Bay, oh, uh, you know, funny. but, but whatever, then sure you can do that and you can make that choice. And mm-hmm. there are multiple people who have Fender licensed products that can make that yeah. type of design and can do all those things. But how much and, would that cost if it's a licensed Fender person? Well, and you know what? If it's from Fender themselves, yeah, it's master built. And if it's master built, you're looking at something like probably like nine, 10 grand. But if you have someone like MJT make it and then you put your own logo on it, Mm -hmm. then you're probably looking at closer to like 2000 tops. Yeah. And that probably leads us into the next Mm -hmm. little rendition of what we've got and close to our final thoughts, which is how much would you be willing to spend to make a parts caster and we will answer that question after our sponsors if you are looking for a way to help support the tweed couch and it costs no money to you then check out our youtube channel and become a subscriber also you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them thank you for listening and thank you for your support are you looking for a party with a purpose If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N guitars.com all right barber so how much would you be willing to spend i'm trying to think of how much i never really did the math of how much i paid for the la cabernita i mean that and that's part of the problem of a donor guitar yeah is because i could say my little fender made in mexico 1994 guitar sure it cost 300 bucks Mm mm-hmm but did I put nine hundred dollars worth of work into it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But but again, the La Cabernita is a completely from the beginning. I paid less than seven for that, and that's fair. Cause, yeah, yeah, because like probably closer to six, uh, because the person that was making it for me didn't charge me for that because he's a good friend. So like it was just the cost of parts, really. Yeah. So so yeah, I don't know. I would 
I would have a hard time right now, at least, going past a thousand. That's not yeah. to say I wouldn't, but like at that point, like I probably could do it for cheaper if I really like, you know, or at a certain point, could I buy something close to what I want for that thousand dollars? True, but if it's not what you want, then you're just going to end up modding it. That ask me again in like six months, you know. But right now, I would say that a thousand dollars would be kind of my limit for like I, I, at a certain point. I'd feel like, what am I doing here? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It just depends. What about you? You know, it's interesting because resale value as a whole mm-hmm. is not great. No, but if I were to sell the parts individually, it'd be worth a lot more. Yeah. Right. Like, like I have guitars that are parts guitars that I look at and go, how much could I realistically get for this guitar? Like my custom vibe classic Squire body with Fender neck or whatever. I'm like, you know, realistically, I'm probably looking at like 450, mm-hmm. 500 tops. That's no case or anything. And I go, how much would the neck go for? Almost a couple hundred bucks. How much would the body go for? Probably another like 200 bucks. Okay, how much for the electronics between the the pots and the pick guard and, you know, maybe another couple hundred dollars. And I'm like, okay, so I'm beating it, (laughs) you know. So so that's difficult when I really think about things like that is resale value versus, you know, what is it? So top dollar I would want to spend on someone else's old parts caster is probably going to be somewhere around 600 bucks. Yeah, I I when you you said 400 something earlier and that to me like my ears perked up. It was just like if I'm thinking like this is a guitar I'm putting together or having put together, I would feel good about $400, like $500. Oh yeah. That to me when I think parts caster, I think okay, around that much money because anything more than that then it's like well why not just buy a new guitar, you know. Right. Or a new-to-me guitar, like a reverb Yeah, that's guitar. true. But at the same time, I look at it and go, if I'm creating something that I want, if mm-hmm. I'm talking about my Jazzmaster offset thing that I'm wanting to make or my Double Bound 72 Custom with the Paisley underneath the black, yeah. these are signature guitars. And if I'm going to pay for my own signature guitar then now I'm going, well, I'd gladly spend $1,000 for exactly what I want and never want to get rid of. I would gladly spend $1,500 for exactly what I want that has the paisley underneath and the black Mm. on top. Keep in mind, I'm also being picky in that I want a flame maple neck. I want the actual fender paisley wallpaper underneath that. Mm. I don't want like faux paper. I want the real deal. You know, and and I want the finish I want, and I want it to look like I want. I don't I don't want something that looks like it was like epoxied on. I want the real deal. So that can... really changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm I'm like having this like internal conundrum in my head. Of like you're describing that process, and like to me, that doesn't feel like a parts caster anymore. That just feels like a custom built guitar, right? But by our definition from earlier about what is a parts caster it still technically falls in that so i'm like well yeah because it looks like a strat or it looks yeah, like a telly or yeah. it looks like an offset and it's, and it's made and it's from parts of randomness you know, 
But yeah, I to to me that like getting exactly what I want, like in my heart, I don't think of that as a parts caster. I guess is what I'm saying. That's something greater. Yeah. That's a, a custom made guitar. But you know, it it's still technically by our definition is a parts caster. Now this brings up an interesting thing, and we did not talk about this at all. Is so let's say that I made this. I made this offset, or mm-hmm. I made this Telecaster, or you made that Stratocaster, or you made that Telecaster that you're talking about. Do you put the Fender logo on it? I don't think I would go out of my way to do it, but the La Cabernita, I bought a neck that had the Fender logo on it already. So I didn't go out of my way to do it. It just I purchased it that way. I purchased it on Reverb. It was used. It had the specs I was looking for, and it was at a good price. But no, I wouldn't go out of my way to do that. You know, it's interesting, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Now, before I say this unpopular opinion, I will say I need you to post on Instagram your La Cabernita, and you need to tag the Tweed Couch on it. I can do that. Because we, we got to see this thing. Okay. All right. So do it sometime. Make sure you get it done. But mm-hmm. here's the unpopular opinion. Because people will scream and shout at me that you can't put a Fender logo on something that is not a Fender. But I will have this caveat. Which is, if having the Fender logo is the image in my head but I can't afford the extra five to seven grand premium. I'm going to put the Fender logo on my guitar. Why? Because it's my freaking guitar. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if I ever sell it, then I'm going to let everyone know it's a fake because the goal is not to like pass something off as the original. The goal is, is for me to play with the mojo I have. And even though some would say, oh, well, just because it's a Fender doesn't mean it has mojo. Well, you know what? If it makes me feel that much better, yeah, then it adds mojo. If mm-hmm. I don't play as well with black guitars, then I'm not going to play with black guitars. <laughs> if I don't play that well with a jazz master, because I feel like I'm, you know, playing with Dinosaur Jr., Jay Mascus, <laughs> you know, then I'm not going to play with jazz masters. I have had times where I've played amazing with a PRS. And then I go and I grab a Fender and I just can't play it. It played just as good as the PRS did, but it was a different mojo and it just didn't mm. feel right in my hands. Yeah. And some of that is the body, but a lot of that is also the neck and what the logo is on the headstock, which is so dumb, but I'm the one who's dumb. So this is my therapy now. I love it. When I was up until recently working at a music store, we'd get a lot of beginner guitar players coming in and they'd be like, they could play two chords and they wanted to buy an electric guitar and they'd play this one and they'd grab this one. And then they'd be like, what should I do? And I just say, so right now they feel basically the same to you. You're not going to know the difference. But when you look at them, which guitar makes you want to pick it up and play it? Yes. Because really, at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. And nine times out of ten, like I would hold, I would put them both on a stand and I say, which one, when you have it in your room, are you going to want to more likely pick up and play? Like what? Which one sparks more joy? 
and then they grab it. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, that probably brings us to final thoughts. So what are your final thoughts on all of this? I think that, I mean, we talked about parts casters. We talked about custom made guitars and that there's a fine line crossover, but I think they're great. They're cool. They're fun. They're a great experience to help you learn about guitars what a parts caster is is more of like a you know it when you see it sort of thing, and I like I said I have several and I'm gonna have more and it's a great fun way to sort of get the sound you want. But then on top of all of that, it's something that you have a little more ownership over. Mm. When I buy a Les Paul off the rack, darn it, it's pretty. It's got the little. Les Paul logo and whether it be a Gibson or an Epiphone, it looks great. It's got the the inlays that I like. It's got the color that I want, but I ultimately sell it. Mm. The guitars that I tend to hold on to way longer are the ones that I have invested interest in. Things like my Les Paul, which yeah. is not a parts Les Paul. It's not a Le Parts caster or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. What it is, is it's got my arm wear through the nitro finish yeah it's got my feel on it's got my rust stains on the actual bridge and 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 screws and all that kind of in the pickups and all that kind of stuff when i look at my stratocaster that is not a stratocaster it is a parts caster from mjt i look at it and i go i picked all those parts when I look at my classic vibe custom Telecaster that has a fender neck on it and all these parts, I look at it and I go, I remember touring with this. I remember picking that neck. I remember struggling with the old neck. I remember all these things. And to me, there is some beauty in a parts caster. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that everyone should own some sort of a parts caster and take their time when doing it. I agree. Well said. All right. Well, thank you, Barbara, for being a part of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. It looks like that's all the time we have for your session today and mine. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of it today. Thanks for having me. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time. 